Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles P the Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Martin Bauman, and today I have a great guest lined up for you. My guest for today fell in love with hip-hop while listening to Tribe Called Quest and Big L as a kid in Pittsburgh. He broke onto the scene as a teenager after his incredibly successful kids mixtape, which landed him a spot on XXL's highly coveted freshman list. As a 19-year-old, his debut album Blue Slide Park made him the first independent rap artist to top the Billboard charts since 1995. He would have been only three at the time. Since then, he's established himself as one of hip-hop's biggest names and one of his busiest, too. In 2013 alone, he starred in his own MTV show, toured across the world, and released four projects, including the critically acclaimed Watching Movies with the Sound Off. That's right, today I'm talking to Mac Miller. I caught up with Mac Miller at his home in Los Angeles to talk about Watching Movies with the Sound Off, why Flying Lotus says Mac's at his best stage as a producer, goals for the future, and lots more. Take a listen. You're setting off on a number of Canadian tour dates this week. Uh, tell me about the first time that you ever came to Canada, maybe even before before any of the performances. Um, let's see. Damn. Um, I can remember the first time I ever... I know the first time I ever went to Canada, the border was not as difficult. I can <laughs> definitely remember that. But um, I can remember more the first time I performed there um, was opening up for Currency. And when, and when would that have been? 2010 in in, in Toronto at mm-hmm. the Opera House. Opera House, okay, yep, yep. Classic Toronto venue. And I had my shirt said was the I Heart T.O. shirt with the I Purple Heart. There's random shows that I remember what my shirt was. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the subject of Canada, um, any Canadian hip-hop artists that you are impressed with right now? Um, fucking Drake. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I got a homie, uh, T.F. House. T.F. House, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good shit. They, uh, Enough for me and great, good, good, good people over there. Okay, well, of course, uh, when you're coming to Canada, I believe you're starting out west and making your way gradually east. Um, fans can expect, I'm sure, to hear a lot of material from your latest album, Watching Movies with the Sound Off. So let's talk about that. Um, what can you tell me about Birds of the Gods? Oh, yeah, dude. Birds of the Gods is this fucking awesome documentary um, that basically just we watched a lot. A lot of nature documentaries during the Christmas album. Um, it makes birds so majestic, you know, which is like what they should be. Um, so I love that one. What um, What other movies would you have watched during this time? Um, Turtle: The Incredible Journey, um, Zombies vs. 
strippers. <laughs> um, um, let's see. What else do we watch? Um, Romeo and Juliet, you know, the top is a good one. Um, Moonrise Kingdom. And then a lot of random space odyssey documentary type shit, like exploring the space world. And like underwater shit too. And, and it, would it be like, uh, for instance, each song would be associated with a different movie you watched, or, or, uh, or there um, at first, like when I first started doing it, it was like the concept was gonna be that. Oh, Beetlejuice was another one. So that was the first one we did. Mm-hmm. But at first, it was that was gonna be the concept was that it was gonna be every song was a different movie, and then like you know they were gonna be the like at the end you had to figure out what movie I was watching by what the song was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to, like, stick to that concept and be so, like, like, I don't know, confined by, like, something that seemed like an exercise in creativity, you know? So I just kind of just opened the floodgates and let it flow a little more. Mm-hmm. One of the other things about that album, of course, is that you've opted to produce a number of the tracks by yourself. Um, what is the process like when you're producing a song? Oh man, it's nothing. I love it. Um, I just like the the like the long build. You know, it's just like you get to be, you know, like your emotion gets to be there from the from the jump. You know, you get to to get to put however you're feeling into every aspect of it, and really like you know how the song comes about is interesting because you know you're making the beat, and then it might be just a random you know, before you even lay down the drums that that you start realizing what you want to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love producing, you know, I think producing was like a huge just thing for me that was important in just like my life, you know, another kind of thing to do because like, you know, something to work at to get better and to, to, to continue to do um, a lot because uh, you can't like record and record and record and record and record and producing is something you can do by yourself and and I like it because you can just kind of create every style of music like I don't confine my producing just to doing hip hop records like I'd like try I like want to produce you know mega pop and you know indie rock and fucking you know everything every kind of style you can think of score movies all that is there anyone that you would say that you, when you started producing, you're modeling yourself after, or certain producers that you aspire to be? Um, I think one of my biggest influences has been, like, in in the beginning, especially with Alchemist. Um, and, uh, but, remember I had this one conversation with Flying Lotus, when I started making beats, and I was playing a bunch of shit I was doing. And, like, it was jazz shit to hip-hop shit. And I remember him telling me that I was in the greatest stage of my producing career. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you don't have a sound that people are looking for. You don't have a sound to model after or anything like that. So at that point, I think I kind of just realized that I, did, I don't know. Like, I'm influenced by, by all the producers, all the music I like. You know, it's like your Kanye's and... And Pharrell's and 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 RZA and and everybody, mm-hmm. but 
Um, at the end of the day, I'm just kind of trying to be all over the place and be my own inspiration. Okay, I want to get into a couple different songs off of the album and dig into a few of the lyrics off of them. Um, so this one comes from The Star Room, and you rap, uh, we're all going to end up meeting at the finish line. Um, tell me, what does that mean to you? Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's like, um, you know the Robert Frost poem, The Road Not Taken? The Road Less Traveled, yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe it could be shaking up on and shaking. Yeah, I haven't slept yet, and it's four o'clock, so I might be a little delirious. But I believe in that. Um, everyone always thinks that the poem's all about, oh, you take this other road and it takes you to this other place. But isn't the actual meaning that all the all roads lead to the same place? Anyways, you just have right. Yeah, that's yeah. All roads. It's like all roads lead to the same place. Anyways, it's just kind of like how you decide to get there. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of been like a big thing about how I've been just like living my life recently is just like not, not to stress too much on like whether you turn right or left. It's kind of like we're all ending up at the same place anyways. Okay. Uh, tell me about another, another thing I'm curious about is um, you have Earl on your album. How did your relationship yeah. with him begin? How did you two become friends? Um, Travis, or better known as Taco, um, brought him to my house one time to hang out. And 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 I beat up beat the fuck out of Taco when they came over, um, and then we just became really good friends from then on. <laughs> Case closed. Because I, I, yeah, it was just I don't know. We just, we just kicked it, and then you know we decided to make music, and I think like we created something new. When we made music together. Like it wasn't his shit. It wasn't my shit. It was like something new, which is just like what you want to do when you collaborate. It's the best. Thing. So, mm-hmm. it's like one of my, you know, one of my closest friends. Uh, speaking of someone, um, you know, Earl is a being an up and coming musician right now, and someone who's very young, uh, making great music. Somebody else who you recently went on the road with, uh, Chance the Rapper. Um, yeah. How how did that connection come about? Um. So I actually have a friend who who hit me this one time and was like. You know, because uh, she was, like, she was hanging out, and she was just at the studio and was seeing how, like, you know, my studio, everyone comes through and makes music and stuff. And um, she was like, you know, who you should get over here is this dude that is named Chance the Rapper. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, Chuck, Chuck, you know, I, I checked it out. And I was like, oh, I fuck with this dude. Um, and he was like, I heard that he was about to drop this mixtape whatever so you know we reached out to bring him on the tour and then you know he signed up to do the tour and then the fucking mix then asked came out and shit went crazy mm-hmm. and you know it was great he's a great performer and it, and it was just it was awesome to be able to you know be one of those people that that you know brought him on tour with me you know early have you been in the studio with him at all yeah we um we made some shit a little bit while we were on tour. We didn't really get to sit down and finish anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're going to. Um, I like his homie Vic a lot, too. Vic Mensa, yeah. Yeah, Vic, Vic, Vic's about to be in L.A., so he's about to come to the crib. Mm-hmm. I like Vic a lot. 
that um that that peso song. Young that safe yeah. peso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is sick. Yeah. Right, well, I'll be, I'll be excited to hear that, that uh, the, the finished result of that. Um, one, yeah, dude. Want to get on to some other music uh, off of this album. One song in particular, you bring Loaded Lux on. Uh, that's, that surprised me to hear. You know, to hear somebody bring uh, someone just to completely demolish them on a track uh, <laughs> on their own yeah. album. Why did you opt to bring Loaded Lux on to watching movies with the sound off? Um, well... When I watched that battle where he brought the uh, the casket out, I love battle rap, first of all. I've been like, I secretly wish I like had the confidence to be a battle rapper. Um, like, I've always been such a huge battle rap fan, and I used to be a battle rapper. Um, but, yeah, so I saw that, and I was like, damn, this dude's fucking crazy and I just kind of started thinking about just like it's like you know I'm obviously like I'm, I'm not an idiot like I know that I'm like have been one of those people that isn't really taking whatever like you think that if I got into a battle with anyone they would shit on me whatever like the, the raps haven't always been the most respected part of my thing so um I was like, you know what, dude, I'm just going to have this fucking dude come in and just completely, sh- like, shit on me <laughs> on my own album. Like, I, te- I was like, I texted him, I was like, dude, just fucking ether me, like, go in, like, dude, don't hold back. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, I think, I just wanted to show that it's just like, dude, like, you know, what What can anyone really say that changes what's actually there? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, Okay, like you say all that shit, but the you know it's the it's the fucking music, and then it's just it was also like kind of the idea of like, you know it's like me making this album and people just kind of writing it off like I don't give a fuck about this album. It's Mac Miller, like I don't care about it, you know. And and it's kind of like I don't know. I thought it was perfect, and then Red Dot is just such a tight ass song to come right after that. So, so what is your you're talking about just that a little bit? What is your response to someone who you know who hears the music and says, "Oh, he's working with Flying Lotus and Absol. I guess I have to give him a listen now, uh, as opposed to before." Well, if it was a planned like attack, I would have been like, "Yeah, this is perfect. Now they'll like me," you know. Which, like, I feel like some people think that that's what it was. Is like. Oh, I came out and reached out to Flying Lotus because it would get me the cool points. No, I mean, all that shit was organic as fuck, you know. I, I just moved out to L.A. to make music out in L.A. I wanted to, you know, just, I had money. I wanted to, you know, try and have some adventure. And I just ended up around these people and we ended up making music together. Um, I, I realized that, like, reactions of other people is just, like, you know, they matter to a degree, but they don't matter really to me at all. You know, it's just like, you, you, like, yes, I mean, it's, it's cool to, it's awesome to read something that, like, a good journalist writes and that really gets it, you know? Like, that's a great feeling. But that's so rare, and it, I'm not mad at that. Like, it's, it's, how can I expect someone to really, really get it fully? 
especially like with something that I feel is like, you know, just it's so all over the place, like with my shit. So, you know, as far as people saying like they like it now because of those records, like cool, then that was their time to come and start listening. The people that were like, I don't give a fuck who he works with. I don't like it, then it's not their time to start listening yet. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm just not really worried. I'm just know that, like, I had a great time working with these people, and, and we made great music, and we, we continue to work now, and, and, you know, I know what I'm doing, and I know who I am and what I'm capable of, and I'm just excited to continue putting out music. It's interesting that, you know, a lot of times when artists release an album, they're very careful not to play favorites when it comes to the songs. Uh, you... On the other hand, you said right away, Aquarium is the best song on the album. Um, yeah. So here, here's one of the lines from that song, and I want you to break that down. Uh, you say, Confessions that I have and curiosity about life and death, most of us will never understand it. We just like the quest. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think that that line came from this, like, or not one, but many, like, so you get into these fucking, all right, so, like, whatever you're your substance of choices, if, you know, you're fucked up, or you're sober, however you like your coffee, you know, you're fucking having this deep-ass conversation with someone about life, you know, and the fucking, what's the meaning, and that's what everyone's so focused on with life, you know, you, what does it all mean, what does it mean, what does it mean, what am I supposed to do, da 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 and then it's like you talk through all the possible variables and all the possible paths and, and different things that life could be about and you can make a great case for any 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 you know any side of it you can make a great case that life is just about evolution you can make a great case that that you have a destiny and you can't control it you can make a great case that you can control your own shit or or that jesus is everything or that allah is everything or there is no whatever this is so many different things that that you know you can make a great case for and and you know, and I don't shut any of them down. I'm, I'm, I'm open to all of them, and I think that it's just like there is no actual, in reality, factual conclusion. There, it just, it just doesn't exist. It's, I mean, like, there, there's no way. You know, like you, you could have a, you could drink ayahuasca or do DMT or acid, and like come back to reality thinking that. And, and and you personally feel like you figured it out, but you don't actually you know actually know anything. Um, and so I think it's just kind of like a comment on like like you don't really ever get that answer, but like we just all are so infatuated with the journey. Playing off of that last line, uh, we just like the quest. I understand that you're a big a tribe called Quest fan, so. With that in mind, uh, this past week marked the 20th anniversary of Midnight Marauders. Uh, tell me about... Good segue, dude. Good segue. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Thank you. I pulled that off. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, good. tell me about that album's significance to you. Oh, man. Everything, dude. Everything. You know, uh, it's funny because my first Tribe album that I, that, that I, that, um, I loved was Beast Rhymes in Life, mm-hmm. which is like a, a weird one to come in on. But, like, that was my first Tribe album. So, like, you can imagine then when I heard Midnight Marauders, I was like, holy shit. Um, I just love that album, dude. Q-Tip to me is one of the most creative individuals ever. Um, 
and I, you know, I even got the chance to work with him and shit, which was great. Wow. Midnight Marauders. I think I, I love everything. I love the fucking voice in the album, like the little things like that. I love the fucking voice. I love this, like the whole soundscape of that album. Um, it's like how they use sampling and like, like Bob Power, like, like how how him and Q or how him and Tip mix that shit to get mix that shit down. Like the drums sound incredible. You know my favorite shit about that album is that it's like this, you know, mellow, like you know, laid back vibe, but it fucking knocks. Like you put that in some speakers and those drums hit. Like it's fucking Waka Flocka, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> uh, final question for you. Uh, what would you still like to accomplish that you haven't done yet? So much. Jesus. That's, and that's, that's my favorite part. Is that, like, I feel like everybody thought or thinks that, like, oh, I've accomplished, like, what I'm about to accomplish. Like, I made it. Like, I don't even think I'm even close to, like, touching the fucking... Like, being in the same country of, like, where I'm headed to. You know, like, I'm, like... I, and which is, like, you know, both good and, like, possibly horrible. Because my aspirations are so high for what I want to do. And what I be- believe in myself to be capable of. That actually accomplishing anything less will be failure at this point. Um, but maybe, you know, down the line, I, I realize that if I never get to a certain point, it's all all good like it doesn't matter but as for right now dude this is like you know such a, a big thing that like every time i even talk about what i'm trying to do people are like all right dude like you like i mean i'm trying to fucking be iconic like i'm trying to become one of the greatest of all time and i'm not saying i am one of the greatest of all time i'm saying i'm trying to get better and become one of the greatest of all time mm-hmm. and that's not just as a rapper this is as someone in music like I think I'm capable of becoming that. I think I, like, have the dedication and work ethic and, like, mind and willpower to do it. I just, like, you know, on use the time. Okay, so final question. What does 2014 hold in store for you then? Um, let's see. Um, definitely some more projects. Um, and hopefully... A lot of working from home, <laughs> but but like and and th- I think the word for 2014 is concise. Like I think everything like see that thing I love about delusional Thomas is that ten tracks right to the point, no gray area. There's a statement right there. Boom. You know whether you liked it, hated it, whatever that you felt about the statement, it was a statement, and I think. I want to approach a lot of things I do with that mentality, you know, whether it be a tour or a T-shirt or a song or a whole album. You know, I want everything to be a concise, like, this is what this is what this is for. This is what I'm doing here. This is what I'm saying with this. And I want to say a bunch of different shit, but I just, you know, don't want to get carried away into making, you know, a 25-song album or doing you know, a, um, a tour that goes from January to December when I can just do one tour that fucking goes all over the world at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to seeing you in Canada. No doubt, man. See you there. All right. Peace. Well, there you have it. For more on Mac Miller, head to thecomeupshow.com. We've got all his latest music, plus great photography from previous shows in Toronto. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at The Come Up Show. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 